You're listening to the Sped Prep Academy podcast. Your host, Jennifer Hofferberg, is an award-winning veteran special educator who shares her experience, knowledge, and passion to help other special educators survive and thrive in this profession. Join her and other guests as they share tips and tricks of the trade for the ever-crazy, completely overwhelming, laugh-so-you-don't-cry profession of being a special education teacher. Hi there, welcome back to the Sped Prep Academy podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer, and this podcast was created to guide special educators in their journey to become amazing teachers. My goal is to provide you with the support and training you need to become a highly effective, highly successful special educator. If special education is your calling and you are in it for the long haul, then this is the place to be, and I'm going to be right by your side helping you learn everything you can about being a great special educator. If you're new around here, in addition to being a special educator, I'm also extremely passionate about coaching other teachers on how to effectively work with the teaching assistants or paraprofessionals who work within their department. Out of everything that we learn in college, it has been my experience that this is an area that is forgotten about a lot. We are not intentionally taught how to work with our staff, how to train them, how to support them, what to look for when hiring them, and then how to be a leader to them. Whether you are just starting out in this field and are struggling with how to supervise and train your staff, or if you've been working in your position for a while and you need some advice for how to begin building your department into a true team, I can help. I've created a 10-step guide to begin creating a team culture with your staff, and you can get it for free at www.spedprepacademy.com slash team. It includes 10 easy-to-implement steps to learn how to build the team you've always dreamed of, and I can speak from experience when I say that these 10 steps completely transformed my leadership abilities just a few short years ago. I went from feeling frustrated, burned out, and resentful because of things like my paras were coming to school late, or they were on their phones all the time, or they weren't where they're scheduled to be, to being highly confident in my leadership skills, knowing how to clearly communicate with my staff, and building relationships that aided in high retention rates and happy paras. And I want that for you as well. So again, just go to spedprepacademy.com slash team and get access to those 10 steps for free. So on today's episode, I want to talk with you about how to effectively communicate with parents during an IEP meeting, and more specifically, how to summarize the results of achievement testing. For most special education teachers, it is a requirement of your job that you are administering, scoring, and summarizing the results of achievement tests whether that is the Woodcock-Johnson or the YCAT or some other achievement test, it is something that you have to do. And so I'm curious because I lived through this as a new young teacher. I figure you have as well. And that is, have you ever been in a position where you are in an IEP meeting and you are in charge of reporting on the testing results and things are just not going well? You are either nervous or overwhelmed because you are discussing something that you don't do day in and day out and that you aren't comfortable with, and you are just like word vomiting all over the place. Let me just tell you that you are not alone. I have been that teacher who has gone through the report with a fine-tooth comb and tried to explain every piece of that content to her parents, and I have been in the position where I was overwhelmed because I didn't know how to adequately communicate the results. I didn't know what should and what shouldn't be included in my report. I was worrying if the parent even understood what was being discussed. I've been in that position where I felt judged by a principal or a school psychologist and critiqued by everyone at the table. I've been in the position when parents have questioned something and I wasn't sure about the answer. 
And being in those types of situations is so overwhelming. And it would cause me to get these red splotches on my neck, which I knew were there because I could feel my face getting hotter and hotter. And then this would cause me to be even more embarrassed and I would get even more flustered. I'd begin sweating. And before you knew it, the whole meeting felt like a huge train wreck and I couldn't wait to get out of that room. So if you answered no, if you've never been there, I'm really jealous right now, but my guess is that you have experienced something similar during a meeting. In fact, I have been in on several meetings as a department head or as the upcoming teacher of a transitioning student where I was finding myself nervous for that teacher because she was struggling to give the report, and I wished I could just jump in and help her out, but I couldn't without undermining her authority and probably embarrassing her even more. And so I want to give you the tools that I use to write reports and to learn how to become confident when reviewing that report with parents. The bottom line is parents don't want you in the weeds. And what that means is they don't want you to go over every single tiny little detail. They want you to be direct and to the point and just give them the meat of the testing. It is absolutely not necessary to go through every tiny subsection of that test to explain every score and give every age and grade equivalent for each area. If you have a parent who wants to go more in depth with the testing results and asks about specific areas, that's great. Give them what they want. But in my experience, I've never had that happen. The parents I've worked with just want an overview of the testing. They want the strengths. They want the weaknesses. They want to know how this compares to other children and what types of services and accommodations and modifications will be made as a result of the test results. And so that's what I want to go through with you today, what to include in an achievement test report and how to summarize it based on the needs of the parents. So the report can be divided into four different sections. The first is the background section. In this section, you're going to give a short paragraph describing the student based on the information provided by the parent, the teacher, and or any student interviews that you give. You're going to state any current services that are already being received. You're going to want to be sure to include the purpose of the testing. Is it a part of an initial evaluation? Is it part of a reevaluation? Is it part of a parent request? And then you want to give you want to give a statement about the validity of the testing information based on student behavior and responses during the testing session. So my background short paragraph might sound something like this. Adrian was evaluated as part of an initial evaluation. He is a third grade student and is demonstrating below grade level performance in reading, writing, and math. Adrian was very respectful to talk with and was cooperative with the testing. He seemed to put forth good effort. It is the administrator's opinion that the testing outcomes are a valid representation of his achievement. Short and sweet. The next section is the summary of results, and that's the biggest section of your report. In this section, you're going to explain the test just a little bit by stating, you know, exactly what it is. It's a comprehensive set of individually administered tests that are used to measure a student's achievement in reading, math, and written language. And then you're just going to break down the results for each area. So, for example, for the reading section, you're going to want to give the standard score. You're going to want to give the percentile of where it fell, and you're going to want to give the performance level of where it fell. So for example, Adrian scored a 64 in the area of broad reading, and this is it falls at the first percentile, and it falls within the extremely limited range. And then you can break down the subsections of reading into basic reading, the reading fluency, and then you're going to want to always tell where the strengths were in each area and where the weaknesses were in each area. 
And then you're going to do the same thing for math. You're going to do the same thing for written language. And then when you're using all of these numbers, numbers can be, especially percentiles, can be very confusing to parents. So they might see a standard score of 65 and think, oh, that's not that bad. A 65 is correlates to a D. It doesn't sound like they're just too terribly behind. But in reality, a 65 falls at the first percentile, which when you line up 100 students and you're at the first percentile, that is you know, it's extremely limited. So I have a visual, a percentile, understanding percentiles visual that I've shared on social media. I, I know I've probably talked about it on here before, but it is just a, it's a very colorful graphic that you can use to help parents see exactly where their student falls on the percentile chart. And you can get that for free um, just by clicking the link in the show notes. The next section of the report is the summary of your observations. Now, observations might be required by your district. They might not be required by your district, but they are a good practice to have, even if they aren't something that's required. So when you make observations, you're going to want to observe the child in their natural environment, their general education setting. You're going to want to see how often they're off task. You're going to want to take notes about... um, the types of things that they're doing, activities that they enjoyed. You want to stay in that classroom for at least a good 30 minutes. And then I also like to do observations that is in a non-structured environment, like say PE or music or recess or something where you can get a good feel for what the child does outside of an academic setting. So you're just making notes and then you're going to report on those in your report. And then the last section of your report is the conclusion. Here, you're going to give a short summary of the overall results, including any predicted educational impact on their performance within the general education setting. You're going to want to include a statement of major strengths and weaknesses. You're going to want to give your opinion for recommendations for educational needs. And remember, this is a statement of recommendation. It's not the actual services that will be provided to the student. It's just what you feel based on the testing information, what you feel is needed for the child to be able to be successful within the general education curriculum. So that's it in a nutshell. It doesn't have to be so overwhelming that it causes high stress whenever you're in an IEP meeting. If you know the data and you know the student, then I want you to be confident in in that knowledge and then take that confidence into the meeting room with you. The majority of parents will see you as the expert in the situation and will feel more calm and more comfortable themselves when you carry a sense of self-confidence with you. Now, I know I just gave you how to do this for a Woodcock-Johnson, but it's the same thing for a YCAT or any other test. You're just summarizing that information in that second part with those numbers and those percentiles instead of the Woodcock-Johnson test. So I've given you quite a bit of information today. And if you're anything like me, when I listen to podcasts, I usually don't take notes. So I want you to be able to have all of this information at your fingertips in the form of a template and cheat sheets to use when writing your reports and summarizing the data to parents. So I've created a resource called Woodcock Johnson Report Templates and Cheat Sheets. And it is just a 
a very inexpensive product on TPT that includes three printable cheat sheets to help you become more confident in presenting the achievement testing to parents, explaining percentiles to parents, and it gives you two editable report templates that you can easily change out student names and individual data, and then bam, you're done and ready for your meeting. And you can find that um, with the link in the show notes. But I also have something exciting to share with you on this topic. I'm hosting a boot camp this coming Friday, March 18th at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time to go over all of this information and to really dig into how to use those templates, how to edit the information, and how to customize the report to fit your student. I will be providing several different examples of reports I've given during IEP meetings, and I will answer your questions directly in live time. This is something I've never done before, but I plan on doing a lot of in the future. So if you are listening to this episode when it's released, I'd love to have you join us. You can find the link to How to Explain Achievement Tests to Parents Bootcamp for Special Educators by clicking the Join the Bootcamp link in the show notes. It's only $12.99 to join, and you will leave with two cheat sheets, two templates, and that percentile visual I mentioned earlier, as well as receive valuable knowledge on how to communicate all of this information to parents during an IEP meeting. I am super excited for this boot camp, and I hope to see you there. Thank you for sticking with me until the end. I can tell just by listening to this show that you are just as dedicated to the field of special education as I am, and you want to grow into an amazing educator and I'm here for it. I'm here for you, and I am so thrilled to be able to share all of my wisdom of being a veteran SPED teacher on the SPED Prep Academy podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast and want to share it with friends, go ahead and screenshot an image of your favorite episode and tag me on Instagram. You can also subscribe to the show and leave a five-star review. They give an instant boost to my ego, and they help others find the podcast as well. And then make sure you're following me on Instagram. I love to use that platform to add a little humor to our crazy days, as well as to provide you with motivation to get through the tough days, training on all sorts of topics that we need to know, and just overall support for what you do. You can find me on Instagram at Sped Prep Academy, and I've recently got into making some reels. They are way out of my comfort zone, but they are so fun to make. So make sure you check that out. If you liked what you heard today and realized you have found your SPED soulmate, please subscribe and then head over to spedprepacademy.com slash podcast to check out the show notes and sign up to be notified each time a new episode airs. Go out and have an amazing day and I'll catch you on the next episode.